Hello, and welcome to the audio edition of The Good News Magazine, where you're able to listen to the best of what The Good News has to offer. I'm Ben Wells, the resident tech guy of our group. I program and maintain the website, as well as any other online platforms we have. This is Issue 26. Sanctifying Grace by Christian Bird When God created man at the beginning of the world, he had a destination in mind for his rational creatures, to live with him eternally in heaven. He gave men the means of attaining this high position by bestowing upon him reason and free will. God did not owe this to men, he gave it freely and mercifully. Therefore, it is a gift, or a grace, which enables men to reach life above the natural level, aptly known as the supernatural level, and supernatural life. This grace makes men holier and is called sanctifying grace. Before the fall, man was a part of the supernatural order, along with the angels. After the fall, the supernatural order of man was broken, and could only be restored by an even greater elevation to the rank of the sons of the Lord. This was achieved by Jesus Christ in his life, death, and resurrection. With sanctifying grace, sin is destroyed, as opposed to Martin Luther's teaching. Man can now be children of the Lord, the creator of all. Indeed, it is so great of a gift that words can barely do it justice. Scripture has many ways of describing sanctifying grace, such as life, which Jesus used the most. I have come that they may have life and may have it more abundantly. John 10:10. 10, 10. Other descriptions include charity or love, regeneration, because we are born again from death in sin to life in Jesus Christ, divine adoption, and, as St. Peter said, partakers of divine nature in 2 Peter 1:4. So how is sanctifying grace bestowed upon man? The Council of Trent distinguished five steps in receiving sanctifying grace. First, God touches one's heart and calls him to repentance. The sinner, though, can either accept or disregard the call, for God is not disregarding his free will, but is merely assisting it. Second, the sinner believes God and his revelation. Third, he is struck with fear of the Lord's justice and hopes to attain God's mercy. Fourth, he loves God and detests sin. And fifth, he seeks baptism, and if has already received the sacrament, he seeks out the sacrament of reconciliation. This process applies to adults only. Little babies receive baptism regardless of their will, which is not yet fully formed. The Holy Spirit communicates sanctifying grace to the soul, but he not only gives one sanctifying grace, but dwells inside him. Because of this indwelling of the Holy Ghost, more graces and gifts are bestowed on the man, such as the theological virtues, which are faith, hope, and charity, also known as love, the moral virtues, which are prudence, justice, temperance, and fortitude, and the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, and fear of the Lord. Although a man cannot be certain of being in a state of grace unless he is given a revelation, one can be very confident. Yet all do not receive grace in the same amount. God gives men grace according to their need and their own preparation. Contrary to Luther's teaching that grace is lost only by apostasy and heresy, the Catholic faith teaches that it is lost through every mortal sin. In conclusion, sanctifying grace is indeed one of the greatest gifts God has given to man. The Gospel of John, Part 6, Chapter 4, Verse 43 through Chapter 5, Verse 29 by Alex Hansen. After Jesus spent several days in Samaria, he went to Galilee. In the town of Cana, Jesus met a Roman official. The official's son was dying, so he came to Jesus to beg for a miracle. Jesus said, 
Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Go, your son will live. At the moment that Jesus spoke the words, the official son was cured. This was the first of multiple miracles that Jesus was not present for. Only the word of God was necessary for a miraculous healing. When Jesus reached Jerusalem, he went to the pool of Bethesda on the Sabbath. At the pool, there were many sick and paralyzed people who believed the pool had healing powers. Jesus came to a man who had been sick for more than 30 years. The man told Jesus that there was no one to take him into the pool for healing. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your pallet, and walk. At once the man was healed, and he took up his pallet and walked. Once again, Jesus showed that he had power over human illness. Then several of the Pharisees saw the man carrying his pallet and apprehended him, saying, It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your pallet. The man told the Pharisees that he did not know who the man was that had healed him. Then later, the man met Jesus in the temple, and Jesus said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse befall you. Here, Jesus shows that he not only had the authority to heal physical wounds, but also spiritual wounds. The Pharisees found Jesus and questioned him, but he answered, My father is working still, and I am working. Jesus was talking about God the Father when he said this. This is why the Pharisees wanted to kill him, because they knew that if he claimed that God was his father, then that made Jesus equal to a god. Claiming to be God was a crime in their eyes. After this, Jesus began speaking on his authority and relationship with the Father. He said, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only that which he sees the Father doing. For whatever he does, that the Son does likewise. Jesus is saying that he is in the world because of the plan of the Father. He also points out that his authority comes from the Father. In other words, he who has seen the Son has seen the Father. Jesus also predicts many other signs, such as the raising of the dead and the final judgment. This prediction of the raising of the dead could be seen as foreshadowing his own resurrection and as predicting the raising of the dead at the end of time. This talk on his authority leads into his testimony in the next part of the chapter, but that is for the next time. That's all we have for you in issue 26. Come back in two weeks to hear more of the best articles from the Good News Magazine. See you next time!